Hold on to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. So tonight we could touch on what's going on in Venezuela. Have some interesting new science around the. You mean how great socialism is? Oh, right, right. How it works so well. Right. They must be doing the wrong socialism, though. It's not democratic socialism like Bernie is advocating for. We could get into that. But, uh... Nah, let's don't do that. I might touch on that. I might touch on some of the absurdities of the Green Movement. Oh, my gosh. You're talking about catching cow farts? That you're actually going to tax farmers for the methane gas emitted by their animals? Or either make these things to actually capture the methane? That's ridiculous. No, I have a different angle, but we could talk about that. Okay, but we're not. Um, We could talk about, yeah, new science on how experiences with God or the ultimate reality, whatever people call it, has led to all sorts of breakthroughs psychologically for people, whether it's breaking an addictive behavior or coming to terms with your own death. And, we could um, talk about Avengers. That, that's, that's just that's just being high on dope. I mean, mm-hmm. you you get high, you have all these crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about that. Well, we actually are probably talk about all these things, and we're, but what we're not definitely not going to talk about is Avengers Endgame, Endgame or Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I think we could talk about Game of Thrones because that's on you now. That's on you because you can you can stream it, you can you can watch it live, you can stream it, you can get it on Amazon Prime. That's how we watched it. So you should know what happened in episode three, which was absolutely dynamite. Mm. Uh, but I'm not going let's to. Let's not though, because not everybody's tuning. But in. Avengers, no. We went. We went Saturday. I mean Sunday evening. We ended up getting back in town early. We went to the 4:40 show. Which started at like, and and side note, look, dudes, when you have seating assignments in a theater, find your row, find your seat, sit in your right seat. Don't make the people stop the movie, come out, and make you move. Just sit in the right daggum seat. Yeah, that is. They didn't enforce reserve seating. That signs up. They weren't going to enforce it. But it was it was absolutely. It's a really good movie, and it was... Remarkable. It's the first time, Joey, we we went to that show, and there might have been three or four or five seats in the theater that were... Nobody was sitting in, and it was completely silent. Nobody said, hush, be quiet. Nobody was making noise except for the times 
and this I don't know if this happened when you watched it or not, when people actually started clapping yes. and cheering yes, and that, screaming. That happened. Laughter also broke out multiple scenes. The last time I went to a movie where the entire audience was actually engaged in a movie was Rocky Three. Wow. That's some years now. I, it's been a long time. I, when I went to Rocky Three, people were standing up like they were at a real sporting event and cheering Rocky inside the movie theater. It was amazing. Right. I mean, it, which that is a great movie, just a, it's feely wise. It's a great movie when Rocky comes back and starts hitting the Russian and everybody's in there. there. And they were chanting USA, USA inside the theater. It was great. Well, but here in this movie, there was laughter, of course. There were people standing up and cheering, people clapping. And at, especially the end of the movie, and I am not going to give it away. Don't forget the, the tears. That's what I was about to say. Is Oh, I want to say it so bad, no, man. We're not going to. Um, fantastic movie, fantastic weekend. It is breaking box office records around the world. 1.2 up to 1.4 billion dollars. And of course, that old coot, Bernie Sanders, has to open up his big mouth and talk about, oh, they made all this money. Now, why don't they share some of that wealth with their employees? It's like, you know what, Bernie, shove it up your ass. Disney already has a $15 minimum wage. They have a major fund to help their employees in all sorts of ways in life, whether it's retraining or finding better jobs for the Disney Corporation or whatever it is. So shove it up your ass. It's such a good moment. It's a huge economic success story. How many people, not just Bob Iger, the head of Disney, how many people throughout movie theaters and the movie industry involved with that movie made a lot of money? A good bit of people. And you have to bring in your crap that the CEO who's running Disney, who has been making brilliant moves and making that company billions of dollars, gets you know $500 million as a salary, which is, by the way, based on performance. So because Bob Iger's meeting goals and making a lot of money for the company, he gets rewarded for it, which is called freedom and voluntary exchange. It's like, well, but what about the people? They're not by Bob Iger. What did you do to earn that money? Just because you exist does not mean that you just get money. Yeah. Shove it up your ass, Bernie. It was a great moment. A great moment in the movie industry. It was a good moment for everybody in that theater. And your take on this is, oh, well, this is a great opportunity for politics. Shove it up your ass. Well, and, and see, that's the thing is what, and I don't know if he really believes this, and he might, or if it's just him being ignorant. Okay, it made a billion dollars. This week, yeah, the money that you have to front, you have to hundreds put of up millions. Yeah. No, oh, hundreds of millions yeah. because everybody that acted gets paid. Why do they get paid? Why should he get paid? And I don't know the names of the actual actors. Why should Robert why they, Downey Jr., the yeah. star of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for over a decade now, get paid all this money? Yeah, because he's why, Robert Downey Jr. Why should Captain America get paid? Why and, and go down the list? It's because. 
People want to see them. They have a talent. This is like going to a basketball game. You don't go to watch two bad teams. You go to watch the superstars. And the whole idea of and Marvel. they should be compensated. Yes. Why should they be compensated less? Well, and he's focusing on the company. Marvel cinem- the Marvel universe, the cinematic universe. They was took a, a shot in the dark. They took a huge risk, and everybody told risk. them that Iron Man wouldn't work. Some lesser-known comic book hero, and John Favreau, and Kevin Feige, and these people took a little... They, had, uh, they knew they had enough money to make one movie and make a hit, and they knocked it out of the park, and then they took that one hit, they took that money that they made, and they reinvested it, and they started continuing to share stories. It is a capitalist success story, Bernie Sanders... And the company you're criticizing already pretty much takes care of its workers. I'm sure you could find, because it's such a large corporation, problems with it like any human organization. Let's not look too much into your campaign. Let's not look too much at the U.S. government and the violence of governments all over the world. Again, shove it up your ass. Print out that tweet. Print out that 140 characters. Roll it up, Bernie, and shove it right up where the sun does not shine. I can't stand this guy. I make fun of him. I mock him. I try to be charitable on these airwaves to people I disagree with politically. But I'm tired of this crap that every success story in American commercial Success, capitalism that not only makes people money but provides people with inspiration and a great time like I had Sunday is now the opportunity for some a-hole politician who doesn't know his ass from the hole in the ground to come out here and make a case that I need government power to run your lives. Yeah, democratic socialism is crap. If we collectively own the means of production, if we collectively own health care, we don't all run health care, Bernie. A few people run health care, a few bureaucrats, and occasionally we get a, a vote every few years. And folks out there who vote, who love the power of vote, how much say does it actually give you over what the politicians, whether they're in Montgomery, Alabama, or Washington, D.C., do? You're full of crap, Bernie Sanders, and you're going to lose badly to an old man with too much Botox shoved into his face called Joe Biden. You're going to lose and, and I'm just pissed off right now because it was a great weekend. I had a great time at that movie. Yeah. I've heard negative reviews about Game of Thrones, and that's warranted. I'm, this Avengers movie, with a few exceptions, is universally loved. And for this guy to use it as just another example of life isn't good enough for the average man is crap. Who do you think paid for the movie, Bernie? Who do you think took an hour of their wages and time and work and went to go spend all that money? The, uh, I can sell a man? book and make a million dollars, but how dare Disney make money with incredible storytelling? The eventual road of socialism all the time, if you actually believe in socialism, oh, do you think I actually believe in authoritarian communism? Like in, You were in frickin' Moscow hailing their cultural programs. You used to hail Venezuela. So yes, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on that. You're going to lose. And if you follow Bernie Sanders and you like him, folks out there listening, because he wants to give people health care and he wants to give people more economic security and all this stuff, it is a fantasy. It might be well-intentioned, but it will not. The greatest thing on this earth that human beings have come up with is using their minds to be ingenious, to innovate, and having the freedom to do so. 
Poverty is being eradicated around the world. More people are literate around the world. And these policies, whether it's Bernie Sanders trying to control major aspects of the U.S. economy, or it's Beto O'Rourke or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez trying to save us from climate change, what it would do is hurt the poorest in the world that are just now getting their first foot on the first rung of the economic ladder in prosperity. And you want to cut those people's legs out from under them because of some amorphous, far-off doom and the new apocalypse you've thought up. Shove it up your ass, Bernie Sanders. You political hack. It's because you speak in soft tones. No, we can use this instrument that has killed millions of people in the last century for good. No, you won't. You'll just create more control, more division in the country. And you would probably, if you had your way, say several decades ago, or people like you, we never would have had. Tell me what movie Russia has created. Tell me what movie the Soviet Union ever created worth its salt. Tell me what North Korea has made other than propaganda videos. Tell me what Maduro's come up with that's so ingenious. And yes, okay, yeah, the Nordic countries have good social safety nets. But if you talk to the people, say, in Denmark, they would say, we're mostly a capitalist country. We just have a big welfare state. And if that, what you, if that is what you mean, Bernie, then let's have the argument. But I think there are better ways to serve people who do need a helping hand. I mean, I have a piece in front of me right now from Jose Otani, uh, Antonio Acanto. He wrote it for the Los Angeles Times. He's a radio host. I believe it's pronounced Trujillo, Venezuelan town. And he said, people are calling his show saying, when will the power be back? Where can we get clean water? How long will we have to deal with this situation? Things have been hard for years, writes this radio host from Venezuela. And Venezuelans have gotten used to power disruptions, food shortages, and other systematic problems. But lately, it's been much, much worse. Power outages now last anywhere from 10 hours to 5 days and affect critical facilities. The other day, somebody from the nearby hospital reached out to me on social media so I could let listeners know that the power at their facility was down. Thank God nobody was attached to a life-saving machine or in surgery when the power went out, the message said. This man's radio station has been a lifeline to local residents. When the power goes out, we've been one of the two broadcasters able to stay on air with backup generators. The other is a state-sponsored station that fails continually, continually to take responsibility for the abject Calamity, the abhorrent inhumanity of that government in Venezuela. And they blame the imperialist West. I know my history. I'm an anti-war libertarian. I know all about the U.S. fighting perpetual wars for perpetual peace, and I don't like it either. We should be out of Afghanistan. We never should have gotten into Vietnam. We shouldn't have been involved in Syria. We shouldn't be droning people all over the earth. And we should watch ourselves from being overextended. I know all about U.S. foreign policy and its ridiculous corrupt interests. Whether it's for oil or economic advances, keeping trade routes open. 
But in this instance, Maduro and all your apologists, this is on you. The man in the Venezuela radio station goes on. We don't promote ourselves as anti-government media. But we do make an effort to go beyond government messaging and propaganda. We bring in experts to share their knowledge, and we talk to ordinary citizens about what they're seeing and experiencing as they navigate inflation, unemployment, lack of health care, and other problems. We don't simply accept pat, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been yelling too much, pat government explanations, <laughs> which always seem to blame anyone but the government. Sorry to be a brutal libertarian here in this moment, folks, but what is government at the end of the day? What makes government say different than Disney? What makes government different than your church here in the United States of America? What makes government different than business or any other organization on the face of this earth? It's that government can take your stuff with impunity and call it taxes. Government can tell you how to run your business and run your life at the point of a gun. Government can take control of the airwaves and tell you what the truth is and what history is and who to blame and who to hate. Government is the institution of political means, to be more exact. There are two ways we get wealth in this world. One is by production, actually efficiently, intelligently, ingeniously innovating and creating wealth, which is not some end state. It's a whole process. The movie Avengers Infinity, or Infinity War and Endgame did not come out of nowhere. It took very brilliant people, lots of capital. And that's something that we choose to give our money to. Yes. And the government, no, we don't choose it. No, I have never chosen. I mean, there's a line on your tax return. You can choose to send more money to the government. And I would love to hear from someone out there that has ever said, hey, I'm going to send the government thousand dollars or I've got a you know twelve hundred dollar tax return you keep it do with it as you will but in other words this host goes on because they don't always just give the government's pat answers that seem to blame everybody else but the Maduro regime he says we essentially are objective but these days that's enough to get a news outlet labeled as an opponent So far, we've remained mostly on the air. But in other parts of the country, radio stations have been shut down by the Maduro regime and had their equipment confiscated. Tell me it's some other institution besides government that does that. The worst problem we've had is that somebody recently destroyed our backup generators by throwing Molotov cocktails at them. Emergency responders found glass and burned fabric at the scene and said there is no way it was a mechanical malfunction. Now, whenever there's a blackout, our station is off the air, meaning the government station is the lone voice. I was only able to do my morning show once this past week. Here's what my days have been like. Again, I'm reading from a piece in the Los Angeles Times, folks, from a radio host in Venezuela. I get up to see if there's any power in town. If there isn't, not only does it mean I can't work, it also means my family doesn't have water to drink or shower with. 
I mean, how long have we heard progressives for their political motivations bitch and moan about the water system in Flint, Michigan? Terrible tragedy that never should have happened in this country. But they want to blame everybody but the freaking officials running that water system in that city. They don't know how to solve the problem. How do you give clean water to Flint, Bernie, other than yelling at people and forcing them to do your bidding? Well, here's the thing, Joey. I know how to give clean water to Flint, and they know you can't afford it. You cannot afford to go in and replace every single piece of piping that has molecules of lead in them. it's, It's astronomical. It's an utter tragedy. This is happening in the whole country. But it's easy to say, oh, we've got bad water in Flint. That's, I mean, it's, it's a great talking point, but the solution is impossible. It's just like, it's a great talking point. Free health care. Would you love, Joey, how much do you spend on health care? And would you love to say, you don't have to spend a penny? If I say, Joey, not a penny, zero dollars. Right now, I don't spend anything on health care. Okay, well, but you know what? You know the point I'm making. Yes, it, it sounds good until you start thinking about well, who's going to pay this eighteen hundred dollars a month that I'm paying right now? Right. Plus the you know forty five hundred dollars extra I'm paying. Where is that money coming from? I mean, who who works for free? And if you look at almost every aspect of our society that everybody wants to reform. Healthcare, education, debt, and the banking system. Those are the major ones, but also, say, military spending and contractors, old military industrial complex, part of the swamp. It's all touched by government. Spying, mass surveillance, all government. And there are a lot of problems in life. They can't all be blamed on the government. This guy goes on. Not only do they not have clean water, they don't have refrigeration. So any perishable food has to be cooked right away. His town started smelling like a never-ending community barbecue as butchers are forced to get rid of their stock. And neighbors have to grill all the meat they have before it goes bad. We all spend a lot of time in lines. I wait for hours at ATMs just so I can take out the maximum withdrawal of 3,000 boulevards. The equivalent of less than one U.S. dollar. On top of all our other shortages, there's also a shortage of cash in my country. Last week, I waited three hours to get gas for my car because fuel stations were without power, too. I can't drive too far because I have to preserve the fuel I have. More and more people get around by walking because gas is hard to get and public transit isn't getting repaired. Every day feels like a national holiday because everything is so quiet. If there is power and I can do my job, I've been told by my bosses to be more measured in how I covered what happens in Venezuela. They're terrified of being shut down by the government and having their equipment confiscated. That would spell the end of our station. Already, my co-host and I have to find the advertisers for our shows, businesses like jewelry stores, restaurants, and an air conditioner repair shop. Kind of, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I, I've never been to Venezuela. I don't think I've ever met anybody from Venezuela. Well, I've, I've seen. I've met one person. But uh, 
that's what we do here in Montgomery. We advertise for jewelry stores, restaurants, and air conditioner repairmen. But these supporters are experiencing tough times, too. And some of them have told us that because we're off the air so often, they can't pay us anymore. This past mm-hmm. January, when opposition leader Juan Guaido challenged President Nicolas Maduro, everybody thought this was the beginning of something new. We've been living with this situation for decades now, and change seemed like it was around the corner. We hoped that within a few days or a week, our nightmare would be over. Now it's April, and the protests have gotten smaller, and the protesters' resolve has waned. Venezuelans are tired. When you're struggling to put food on the table, to shower in the morning, and to find work, it's hard to keep pushing. A few months ago, the world was paying attention to our plight. Now that it's not clear when or if change will come, nobody's watching Venezuela anymore. Well, we're watching today. We're watching today. I worry that the world doesn't seem, doesn't see how much worse things are getting. As for me and my family, we've talked a lot lately about leaving. My wife's an architect, and because the economy is in ruin, she hasn't worked in a year. Nobody has money to build anything. We're ready to go. But Venezuela won't let us leave. Hmm. We applied for a passport for my 14-month-old daughter soon after she was born. We're still waiting for it to be processed. Like millions of our fellow Venezuelans, we are stuck waiting, literally and figuratively, for the lights to come back on. You know, I, we all have tough things in life. And we can sit here and have these theoretical debates, emotional debates. I can scream my head off and tell Bernie Sanders to shove it up his ass. Uh, but my life's pretty awesome. Despite all the annoying things in life and the tragedies that have come my way, nothing in my life has been like what these people in that country are going through all over freaking political power. Yeah. What a waste. An utter waste. The greatest asset we have on this earth, folks, is the human mind and the freedom to use that mind to make your life better and the life of those you love better and even the life of people you don't even know better. Instead, the people of Venezuela, who just sound as brilliant as any other, free, any other born free human beings on this earth, are now under the boot of a regime that seems to think control is the only way. Some animals are more equal than others, I suppose. And even though Maduro and the rest of his pigs running that farm down there have been offered a peaceful way out, they're staying. Because dictators in countries like Cuba and Russia are telling them to stay. So I'm not usually one to wish for uh, the worst, but I hope those pigs fry. It just feels like a shame to uh, be sitting here and not feel like I can. There's much I can do. Doesn't feel right. Well, there's there's nothing that you or I can do. 
you know, I <clears throat> that conference I went to last year, there's a young man, I think his name was Daniel. I might have it wrong, just remembering it now. But it's a presentation in the main hall on one of the evenings. There's a young man from Venezuela. Somehow he came into possession of a violin, and he started watching YouTube videos to uh, to learn how to play the violin. And he started to essentially craft songs, amazing songs. And he played a piece live there as videos of the protesters being, well, this should hit home here in Alabama, sprayed with water cannons and beat in the streets. And the music, there's sometimes when words fail. Sometimes when words fail and only something like music. Yeah, it's spelled actually Wooly, Artiga. We're going to have to hit a break in a second, but... This is the performance I watched live. This young man, part of the protest in Venezuela, taught himself violin. He's putting it to his neck now. Listen to what he has to say with the music, the simple bow and strings. playing percussion on the violin. Uh, folks, this is a 10-minute performance. I would love for you to see it. If you go on YouTube and you search for Venezuelan protester Willie Ortega's inspiring performance. You can actually hear the words. You can hear what he's saying with that violin. Yeah. Music is amazing. It's amazing. It really is. So we gotta hit this break and uh, look it up. 
it's worth watching, folks, especially what's going on today in Venezuela. And though Maduro might reign for another day, um, his legitimacy and the mask of his uh, power is being shown. We'll be right back. shift gears here away from the tragedy going on in Venezuela, kind of away from politics in general. Before I do, I need to take a phone call from Marianne here, but also want to tell folks uh, about a great sponsor. Helps bring this show to you, Express Fitness 24-7. I was there this morning. I've changed up my schedule a little bit. Sounds like you need to go again this evening. Yeah. Well, I've been making gains, strength gains. Got a new uh, personal record, new PR on bench press. It's not like that. I'm not going to win any uh, powerlifting competitions, but it's it's a marked improvement over the last few months. And it's just worthwhile, especially when you stick to it. The great thing about Express Fitness 24-7 is right there in the name. 24-7 for a very reasonable monthly fee, which is just month to month. You don't have to sign a year-long contract. Mm-hmm. So you can try it out, see how you like it. You have 24-7 access to all their locations. They get you a key fob. They set you up. Um, I'm going to the Zelda Road location here in Montgomery. But there are locations in Millbrook, Wetumpka, Prattville, Clanton, Bine Level, all over the place here. Um, They're doing great work. Uh, So check out their website, ExpressFitness24, the number 24.com, ExpressFitness24.com. You can learn what location might be best for you. But I encourage you to go join me over at the Montgomery location uh, when it works best for your schedule. State-of-the-art equipment. Um, And, you know, when stuff breaks down, they fix it pretty quickly. Free weights, weight machines, cable machines, um, cardio machines, all sorts of things going on there, Express Fitness 24-7. And if you feel like, oh, I don't know how I would even begin at a new gym, well, they'll give you a few free personal training sessions to help you meet your goals and set you on the right path. So, again, check them out, Express Fitness 24-7. Check them out at expressfitness24.com. And be sure to tell them Joey from the radio sent you. Now, let's talk to Marianne. Hey, Marianne, how are you? Hey, Joey, you have done such an awesome job today. Well, thank you. And I don't think you would hear anything like this from someone who is old enough to be your mother, okay? I think I'm, a, I'm like a year older than your parents. Okay. Okay? Um, and, but you were right. You, you nailed everything on the head about what you said about Venezuela, is what I want to tell you. But I'd also want to also remind you and Southern Wood. Good evening, Southern Wood. Hello, Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island. And Capitol Heights. Um... I just want to remind you, Joey, <laughs> as we're watching history in the making again, okay, the best thing we can do as we're observing all of this while the news media tries to rack it up for what, I mean, because we can't really believe what they what we see, um, we can pray for them. But as we're praying for them, guys, I don't think you understand down on the Biscuits team is the guy from Venezuela. I found out this morning. 
And with him playing baseball up here, imagine how stressed out he is about his family. Sure. Yeah. You know? So I just wanted to, you know, throw that in there. But, Joey, I got to give you a funny story about the movie over the weekend. I did not go see it. No spoilers now. No, no, no. But Mike and my daughter-in-law did. And I think you met my daughter-in-law, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Joey, they were surprised. Because when they mentioned one character's name, and I said, really, he was? And they did not know who I, that I knew the character. <laughs> I used to read the Marvel comics. I've got five brothers, Joe. Yeah, right. And I'm the only girl. And I'm not the oldest or the youngest. I'm in the middle. We all read comic books. You know? Oh, so you and know so all, all these guys' secrets. Joey, yeah. I'm, so, I'm just so thrilled about Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor Strange is the man. He is the man. And I hope you're surprised about that one, too. <laughs> He's very powerful, indeed. I wasn't surprised. I knew how powerful he was as the Sorcerer Yeah, but I, I hope you're surprised that I even know who the character is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I like that a lot. Marion, I've got some other calls coming in. I appreciate you calling tonight. And I love you, Joey, and I, want, I still want to come on your show when Southern Woods there, too, okay? We'll both gang up on you. Oh, my. I don't know if I can handle it, but I appreciate it. I love you. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye, Marianne. Well, let's see who else is on these phone lines. News talk, you're on there. Who's this? Hey, fellas. Uh, about time to pull out that little red light, ain't it? Um, Joey, I just want to tell you, man, before you moved on, that w- this has been one of the best heartfelt shows. I actually felt what was coming out of your throat, man. I mean, you, you've made fun of Bernie. You've made fun of this stuff, but... I don't know. You you grabbed that granny low gear today, baby, and you 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 pulled a Greg on us today. I'm gonna go on and tell you. It, it, yeah, I, I didn't plan I mean, on it either. <laughs> and 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 I'm glad. And you could tell because I mean, you just took the you took the good shit out of uh 84 hands and uh, went on past that damn video game, man, brother. One of you better mark this show. That was that was one of your best things in it. I promise you. That was on dynamite, man. Well, yeah, we'll see y'all 84. All right, sure. thank you, Randall. And we got another call here. And I will echo what Randall said. You oh, were, you were, I've seen you, we've done the show together right. a bunch of times, and I've known you for a long time. You were, that wasn't made up. You were fired up. Well, thank you. And that was from the heart. It was. Um, and I can't say that I disagree with hardly anything that you said. Yeah, my, my voice is feeling it now. But here, somebody else is on the phone. Who's this? You're on air? Well, they already dropped. See, people are so impatient. Oh, let's see who it is. News Talk, you're on the air. Hello? Yeah, hey, yeah, you're on air. Who's this? Hey, it's Joe. How are you? I'm all right, Joe. Let me tell you something. You go, boy. What you were talking about, Bernie Sanders, is 100% correct. And this espousing a socialism thing is just... I mean, I can't even wrap my head around it. Right. I'm 57 years old, and I cannot wrap my hand around it up 100. I just cannot do it. But here's the deal. I think the biggest problem is the dishonest media. I know people talk about it all the time, but it's dishonest media. It's not like when I was growing up with Walter Cronkite, and, you know, there was media reporting with no opinion, with no spin, there was no injecture into it. They just reported facts. Right. Yeah. That that does not happen anymore. No, it doesn't. It doesn't eighty four. I'm going to tell you right now. It just this is beyond. Hmm. Yeah. We have, we have we have these 
we're millennials that really don't even understand anything. They went to college, they got their degree, they got the degrees, they went and they they they're doing their own careers, but they don't understand. And, they, and uh, well, actually, all they do is feed off the TV. And hell, they're damn playing. They're playing video games at 30, 30 years old. You know, I mean, there needs to be just honest reporting in the media. CNN, Clinton News Network. You know, I saw, I saw, I was scrolling through my Hulu, where there was a, a show on CNN said, and the name of the show was. Uh, reliable source. Like, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you know, and the the one place that that I would kind of not necessarily disagree with you, but I would add to it, it's not just the millennials. It is just as much. I, I'm I'm 45 years old. Is people my age? We're generally too busy to pay too much attention to the news. It's also the senior citizens. I was about to say, see, I'm, they sit there and watch Fox News spewing the exact same crap out twenty four no. hours a day, and they believe everything they see on Fox News. So it's all propaganda. Well, and what's funny, sir, is uh, you know I actually tend to agree with pretty much what every everything you said. No. But hey, I, no. I'm uh, I'm thirty years old. I was playing video games this weekend and you know getting well, pumped about a comic book movie but uh, and i was surprised uh to southernwood 84's point here is when i and this genuinely surprised me i saw the average age of somebody who watches fox news cnn and msnbc the oldest age average age is msnbc which is uh 66 but they're yeah. all about 64, 65, 66 is the average age of people watching cable news. Yeah. Now, right. there are also, I think, very impressionable young people around my age and younger who I, I think part of it's just... they. Do, I don't think they completely appreciate the how we got the fruits of all this wealth and the, all well, this prosperity, all the opportunity, and they kind of want to... Almost everybody's, you know, our attention span... And our willingness to let a process work, even though it's not a perfect process. It's almost like this utopian idea has taken over people. Well, I agree with you all, and I should have, uh, I should have, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. I agree with every, everything you've said. It's, and, and, and I am not just zeroing in on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News included. Oh, right. You know, yeah, you absolutely. Support the damn information. And don't editorialize it, don't put a spin on it for whatever reason. Just report the damn facts. And and just don't don't you know, the news media should wear the white hats. They should they shouldn't skew it one way or they shouldn't skew it the other way. Yeah. Just report the information and get it out there. And I think if they would do that, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. And, and I agree with you 100%. They should, but they don't. They used to, and they don't anymore. Well, and I, they see themselves way too active in the political process, uh, for lack of well, a better... It's, it's, it comes well, back to power. And for lack of a better word, I think people in news media, especially if you're a straight reporter, not an opinion person, you should essentially be a political eunuch. I think they should go as so far as, like, I'd not be involved with any parties, these sorts of things. I mean, that maybe is somewhat, you know, not the American way. You can vote for whom you like, and... 
and you know donate to whom you like. But I, I well, tend to think they should take an awesome responsibility if you're a straight news reporter of staying out of any sort of political pressure. Exactly. But you're it, exactly correct. But I'm going to say one more thing. I got to hang up to get me to pull into the house. I haven't worked all day. Here's the deal: the people that are influenced by this skewed reporting, they're like sheep. You know, they are like sheep. They're mindless. They they don't understand. They they just accept it as fact. And mm-hmm. that's all I got to say. I apologize if I offended you. No, you didn't. No. <laughs> it takes a lot to it takes a lot to offend me. <laughs> kind of like Bernie you know, hey, crapping on a movie I loved. Um, oh, he's he is such a joke. He yeah. is such a joke. Well, I mean, why why does he give three million of his money away? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he makes more money than damn. Half the people around here, right? So, yeah, he's a millionaire, and he, well, if you write a best-selling book too, you could be a millionaire. That's that's why. Uh, see, but that's not see, the capitalist way. You didn't write a best-selling book, yeah, so I've got other calls you, coming in. I you have to it. give your money away. Hey, Joey, tell Dan I said hi. Bye. I will. Bye. Appreciate the call. News talk. Who's this here on there? Hey, Joey, how you doing? This is John. Hey, John. Hey, John. What's up? Hey, you. Uh, man, you had a great show tonight. I got to give you that first and foremost. Um. You know, about the whole Bernie Sanders and the and the, the, the whole socialism thing, and I, I think a lot of the young people don't understand. I think they only understand what they're being taught or what they're being told as of, you know, what they're being fed today. But they don't understand, especially if you were to have socialism or something like that in this country, you know, one of the, uh, one of the many things you're going to lose, you're going to lose radio stations. And the reason you're going to lose radio stations is because furniture stores and restaurants and places like that, you know, that, that is a lot of the funding that comes to the radio stations with advertising. Right. You know, and what they don't kind understand. Kind of all is, of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, and the thing is, is if you if you put in socialism, well, McDonald's and uh, all Midtown Pizza Kitchen, all these places, they go out of business because... You know, everything's being distributed equally, and they can't sell anybody food for any, for, you know, everything's got to be a set way so nobody can make money anymore. Well, let's and a be, lot of jobs are going to dissipate and disappear. Well, and let's be clear. To say, it, you know, depends on what degree of socialism you go into. It may not go to hell overnight. Like, petro-socialism in Venezuela didn't go to hell overnight. No, it But didn't. it did go to hell. But it came to fruition. Right. Um, the Soviet Union lasted for a while, but life wasn't great. North Korea's still surviving, but try being the average person in North Korea. Uh-huh. You know, so, I mean, these systems work, I suppose, but what do you mean by they work? What does it mean for the individual liberty and prospects they work the for those person. in power. Yes. They work for those who are distributing it. Well, thank you. Thank you, John. I got to I got to go. But and there's funny, it's ironic. Oscar Wilde's one of my favorite writers. He wrote an essay called The Soul of Man Under Socialism, where he's actually advocating for something like socialism, but it's like this pie in the sky artist's dream. Like instead of having to do drudgery and his first line is interesting though. And he sort of gave the game away. And actually, the argument that Oscar Wilde makes for socialism is selfishness. He says socialism would free us from the sordid necessity of having to live for others. He understood it. He understood that socialism promises to everybody by the collective means of you know, political control 
that you don't have to work and provide for others. You can act like in whatever you want. You can do it. Everything's provided. All the basics are provided, at least, and then you can go and live your life how you want. And that is the dirty little secret. What's happened, I think, is traditional socialism has failed, and it obviously has failed in not just economic ways, but mass death. But here's the thing, and social unrest and all those things. What's happened is people have continued to redefine socialism. Or if you ask some people, they just mean, oh, it's being compassionate. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> you say, hey, I'm social. I'm talking to you right now. Some, I'm being people, social. some people might mean I want a big welfare state. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but let's argue over that. We're not actually going to take over the means of production. And we do have some, I would consider, socialist institutions. There's a monopoly on the production of, say, money in this country. It's called the Federal, Federal Reserve. So, I mean, there's a lot of things um, wrong with socialism. And when it is practiced and flirted with, I don't think it works well. I think if you want to try it, let it be as local as possible. That's the beautiful thing about, I think, the libertarian creed. Is if you want to go live in a commune, a self-sustaining commune, go for it, man. Just don't force people to do stuff. There are some weird people on the left that I kind of agree with. I might not want to live in their commune, but you want to live that way, all right. Like, if you want to have certain rules, like covenant rules for the people right around you, okay. But it's, you know, Dan made a point earlier today. Some of these Green New Deal people sound like, you know, anarchists. But, yeah, they sound like anarchists who want a massive government over, like, oversight and control in order to meet their goals. At least some anarchists actually, you know, stick to their principles and don't like the idea of ruling over others yeah. unduly. Yeah. 